Thank you, Craig, for <coughs> that uh, devotional as we think about not judging. And as he was sharing about the adulterous woman there, I think the key, I think the key to, uh, for each one of us is, like Jesus said there, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. That's what we need to think about. When, before we judge, you know, what, what's going on here first before we look at others? <clears throat> the um, title of my message this morning is When God Calls. When God Calls. And you know, uh, my last message was from Acts chapter 9 <clears throat> when um, the Lord uh, struck Saul there on the road to Dam uh, Damascus. And after he did, he, you know, what, what, did, what did Saul say? He said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Well, this morning we want to look at this thing of when God calls. And I guess it was born out of, out of uh, the very thoughts this past week, past couple of days, of uh, uh, a friend of ours, most of you know, know who, I mean, you don't know him personally, maybe I don't know him that well either, but... Uh, Joni Hildy, who was uh, instantly killed on the job site, and uh, what a what a what a uh, what a we we call it a tragedy, you know we call it uh, uh, well there's many things that we call but you know um, in all reality that's that was Joni's time. God had called, God called, and He answered. And uh, we want to look at probably two different facets of that um, title, When God Calls. Uh, the first one we want to look at is, is um, the call to salvation. But before we do that, I'd like for us to turn to um, Psalms chapter 46. There's a, I, I want to read that psalm this morning as we think about when God calls and in this psalm tucked in the towards the end of this uh, verse 10 is a verse that we want to look at as well but here he says in Psalms 46 God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble therefore will not we fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. You know, um, through all of that and of the great things that God has done and will do, um, we will not fear because we know, we have that confidence that God is in control. Verse 3 says, Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. You know, as you think about that verse there, um, you know, many, many of the great cities in our country, in our world over, most of them, if, you know, if not all of them, had uh, rivers flowing through them. And it was a, it was a source of, of um, travel, of 
trade, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole list of things. And they provided, you know, it was, it was a way of sustaining them and, and keeping them and helping them. Well, Jerusalem had no river. It had no river flowing into Jerusalem or by it or through it or, or anything. But it had God who, like a river, sustained the people's lives. And as the psalmist wrote this here, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, he says, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. You know, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. That right early. Given them, you know, uh, uh, presence, divine presence and security. He goes on to say, The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. You know, at the, at the command of God, um, they moved. They, they, uh, there, was, there, was a, there was an answer, you know, to God's voice. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, he says, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. You know, God is in control of all these things. And he can make it happen. He can take it away. He can stop it. And all those things. But then in the, in the, in the, in the, the end of this chapter, in the end of this uh, psalm, he says, Be still and know that I am God. Why? Because he says, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And I'm glad for that this morning. As I look at that psalm, you know, be still and know that I am God. Be still means to stop running around trying to work it all out. You know, we, we want to try to figure all, it all out. Be still means to get off that treadmill of recurring doubt, worry, and fear and trust in the Lord. Be still means to Give up control of your circumstances and other people. You know, there are so many people in our society, around us, in our communities, that think and feel and, and, and act. And, you know, they have everything in control. May God help us that we are still and give up control of our circumstances. He also, it, it also means to... Uh, be still means to cease all of the mental planning to produce the preconceived result. You know, there's a lot of things going on in our heads. It, we plan this and we plan that. We think about that and we think about this. And, you know, we think, 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 think. And sometimes we overthink and sometimes we, maybe we don't even think at all, you know. But be still and cease all the mental planning and trust in the Lord just have that confidence in him rest your mind and your heart from your relentless pursuit of wants and needs 
Also be still means to ask the Lord to help you trust and to wait on him. Then the, the last part of that where it says know that I am God means that he has it under control. He has it all under control. You know, when you think about the world circumstances and, and, and the things that are happening and taking place, uh, you know, prophecy, literally prophecy being unfolded and, and uh, taking and happening right before our eyes. You know, God has it all under control. And um, I thank him for that. Know that I am God means that he can provide everything I need just when I need it. Just when I need it. And it also means he loves me more than I can possibly imagine. And that changes everything. To know that I am God means that he is exalted above everything else. As the rest of the psalm says there. Nothing can stop the Lord from blessing me, forgiving me, and pursuing me with his mercy and grace. And so this morning as we think about being still and know that I am God because God's call upon our lives is a real thing. And from the moment that he calls us to be a child of his. Now, each one of you has a story. You have a, your life story when, when God called you, when God spoke to you. And you can probably name the place or the individual that spoke to you or touched your heart. You know, how God, how God touched your heart and how that he drew you to him. We, we all have that story. And um, that's good. It's a great thing. But I believe it's how that we answer that call and what we do with it is what matters. <clears throat> you know, when you get a, a phone call, um, when you get a phone call, you never know for sure who's at the other end. Sometimes you recognize the number and sometimes you don't. And so you never know who is going to be calling you. And, you know, that's how it is with God. We never know when God is going to call. Um, you know, just like the case with this, this uh, friend of ours, you know, he was down in the trench um, working. And I, I don't know the, the details. I don't know what happened, but this pipe or this wrench whatever it was hit him right back of the head and he was killed instantly there was no time for anything no time for nothing you know one second one minute you're here on the face of this earth and the next minute the next second you're in eternity when God calls it's like that, you know? And even those, um, those who suffer, those who uh, struggle with a terminal illness, you know, I've watched uh, 
my sister-in-law and my brother and, and you know, numerous others, elderly people in the church, you know, suffer and struggle to the very, very last minute. You know, our flesh, our, this body wants to hang on and hang on and hang, you know, the, you, we all know in our mind there's a better place and that's what we're striving for and that's where we want to go. But you know, we hang on and we hang on and we fight and we, we you know, um, but when God calls, that's it, it's over. You know, I was, I was in the room the uh, evening that my dad passed away, you know, and there was nothing, there, there was nothing more that we could do, nothing more that the nurses could do, nothing more that the doctor could do. And so uh, we, we did, you know, we, I just committed it to the Lord. And when God called, my dad answered. Uh, and that's how it'll be with you and I. That's how it'll be with you and I. And so, um, God's calls are specific, they're personal, they're commands, and they're summons. You know, when God calls us, um, as we think about in the way of salvation, we think about coming to the knowledge of the truth, you know, there's a there's a renovation that takes process that takes place. When God calls you to walk with Him and to be a child of, of His, um, there's things happen. There's a change that takes place. You know, Second um, uh, Corinthians five, verse seventeen says that uh, we're we're new cre uh, creatures in Christ. You know, uh, God has created us to to be new. New creatures in Him. And uh, this renovation process that takes place sometimes takes longer than you thought or uh, it costs more than you thought. You know, just like, just like when you uh, renovate or remodel your house or your building or whatever that it may be. You know, sometimes it takes longer than you thought. And sometimes it costs more than you thought. But there's a renovation process that's taking place. And even sometimes it gets messier than you thought. But the end result is worth it. That's what matters. That's what matters. <clears throat> you know, God has been calling since the beginning of time. And I want to look at a number of scriptures this morning as we think about the calls, the, the calling of God. First one is in Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. Notice here in the scripture, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Notice here what the Bible says. They heard the voice of the Lord God walking. Now, I don't know how that was or, or what actually all took place there, but the Bible tells me that Adam and Eve heard the voice of God. And Adam and his wife, what happened? This was after they had taken of the forbidden fruit. And <clears throat> when they heard the voice of God, the Bible says they hid themselves. Why? Because they had sinned. 
they had done opposite or contrary to what God had told them not to do. He had told them not to eat of the of the fruit of the tree that's in the middle of, the, of in the midst of the garden. And so here they hear the voice of God, and they hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. They think they can hide, and you know that's what happens many a times when in our lives, in the people's lives, in our communities, in our families, you know, when God calls them, they try to hide. Or they try to run and hide like Jonah did. They try to do things, you know, get away from God because they, they're, 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 they're afraid. They, they don't know, you know, if they would only submit and resist and and to allow the Lord to work in their lives. <clears throat> in verse 9 says, The Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Now do you think this morning with me that when God called Adam there and he said, Where art thou? Do you think that God was, was looking and, and couldn't find Adam? Let me tell you, I believe this morning God knew the very spot that Adam was but he wanted a response from Adam and that's how it is with you and I when God calls he wants a response he wants us to 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 you know audibly say Lord here am I what wilt thou have me to do as he did to Saul you know when God calls we're going to answer one way or another and so that was the case here with with Adam and, and Eve. And then we have the account in Exodus um, with Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 10, there where, you know, when um, Moses was keeping Jethro's flock, and God appeared unto him in a burning bush in the first part of the chapter. Well, then we come to verse 10 of chapter 3, and it says, Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That was the call of God upon Moses' life. And Moses, you know, um, you know, he, uh, Moses, you know, the Bible says he, he had a he had a speech problem, and so he, you know, he couldn't really. Uh, he said he couldn't talk. Well, the Lord, you know, later on, the Lord says, "Well, I will give you the the words to say. I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll uh, be with you." But here in verse ten, he says, "That thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt." He wanted someone. God wanted someone to lead these people. And he seen that Moses was the right um, uh, individual. There was something about Moses that, that stood out. And he wanted him to lead the children of Israel. And, you know, there's many a times when, you know, Craig talked about judging. And, you know, we need to be very careful uh, in our lives. Uh, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. You know, we look at individuals and we say, oh, oh, you know, on, you know, on, 
and we, we begin forming this uh, negative thing about their, them and about their lives. But you know, God has a purpose for them. And probably, maybe that was the case here with Moses. I don't know. Um, but there was something that stood out. And God chose him. God called him. And he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. <clears throat> so we can see that Moses was the, the man for the time. Um, he was the man for the time. And God called him. Then we have um, the account of Joshua, when God called Joshua. <coughs> In uh, chapter 1, verse 5, we see there that after the death of Moses, um, you know, the servant of, of the Lord and the great man that he was, uh, Moses, the uh, Bible says here, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, he's talking to Joshua, arise and go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land, which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. And then come to verse 5, he says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, he says, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. You know, each one of us, each one of us is called to a particular responsibility and a place. You know, we all have our, our places of responsibility, <clears throat> our jobs, our homes, as husbands, as, as uh, men in the community, and whatever that it may be. And I believe this morning that God has blessed you for that. And he wants to bless you and he wants to be with you. And as he told Joshua here, so I will be with thee, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And that's one thing that we need to remember, that the Lord will be with us and will not forsake us. We need to remember that. We need to be strong. As he says in verse 9, strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, you may face difficulties. You may have some difficult situations and some problems that you're up against. Remember to trust in the Lord and the Lord will lead you through. <clears throat> we have the account of Samuel in uh, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, there again God called him chapter 3 verses 4 through 10 there when you know he was there <clears throat> the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the uh, word of the Lord was precious in those days but then in verse 3 and 4 and ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of, the God, of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. He was there at the temple, and uh, the Lord called him. 
that the Lord called Sam and he said, here am I. As he was lying down to, to sleep. And as soon as he heard that voice, he ran to Eli. Well, Eli just kind of brushed it off. And he said, uh, he, you know, go lie down. And he went and lied down. And the Lord called again. Samuel rose, went to Eli and said, here am I. He thought Eli was calling him. For thou didst call me. I called not, my son. Lie down. He didn't know that the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. <clears throat> and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. You know, and I believe that happens in the lives of men and women. When God calls uh, the first time, we brush it off. And, uh, you know, we don't think, take it serious. We don't think it through. And so we just brush off. He calls a second time. And sometimes even calls a third time. Until we finally answer and respond in the right way. <clears throat> then I believe that this morning that there are those who, you know, the Lord has called. He has called and called. And they have repeatedly um, defied him and not responded. And, you know, Romans, in the book of Romans, it, t it tells us there that, that uh, you know, uh, I can't quote quite the verse, but he gives them over to a reprobate mind. You know, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, uh, he casts them out. He casts them off. He doesn't, cuts them off. Um, what an awful place to be in. What an awful place to, to, uh, situation to find yourself in. Then we want to move to the New Testament as we think about the call of God in uh, Matthew chapter 3. We see here um, in verse 3 when uh, in those days you know John the Baptist was preaching in the wilderness of Judea and he was telling the people to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he says there in verse 3, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. You know, the call of John the Baptist to make the way straight. To prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. For the one who was to come. And further on. It tells us there of. Uh, concerning Jesus. And how that he came there. To, uh, to be baptized. And. Uh, John forbade him saying. I have need to be baptized of thee. Comest thou to me? But Jesus said answered him and said suffer it not to be so now for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness and Jesus when he was baptized went up straightway out of the water and lo the heavens were opened to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a bove and lighted upon him and you know what a beautiful setting here you know John the Baptist answering the call to do this marvelous work for the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> And so this morning, <clears throat> we've already alluded to the, the scriptures concerning Paul in Acts chapter 9 there and how the, he answered the call. You know, it, it began there 
by saying that he was yet breathing out slaughtering and, and gathering in the Christians and murdering them and martyring them and you know doing away with them hunting them like animals but God brought an end to that God called and Saul answered <clears throat> the call to sanctification it's God's will that we should lead a sanctified life Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, he says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from all fornication and the evil uh, that's, uh, that's around you. He said to surrender your life to the Lord. This surrender is a one-time event and a continuous process. It doesn't stop. You know, when God calls... He doesn't just call you to this work and then that's it. That's the, only the beginning. When he calls, that's the beginning. And so from there on until he calls you home to be with him, uh, it's a process. It's a, it's a lifetime um, uh, of, of giving your all and working for and doing uh, that which God has called you to do. Surrender your life to the Lord. This surrender, yes, is a one-time event and a continuous process. To yield to the power, the control, or possession of one who is in control. The call to service. You know, through the years there's been places for uh, voluntary service where individuals, young people, couples could go to, to uh, help in uh, taking care of a situation or in uh, maybe building something or helping in the church or whatever. You know, there have been those who God has called and has laid his hand upon their shoulder and said, I want you to go. I want you to, to um, be a part of that ministry there and there's been you know many many people that have answered that call and have done what God had called them to the seriousness of God's call you know sometimes we get a phone call and you know someone is is asking us to do something and oh we kind of shrug it off and we um you know, we don't take it serious. Maybe, we, maybe we'll go do that or maybe we won't, you know. Those kind, of, those kind of things, those kind of thoughts go through our mind. But you know, when God calls, when God calls, we will answer. We'll either be serious or not. And I believe this morning that we will know, we'll recognize if it's the Lord telling you to to do this go there uh, whatever that we'll be we'll take it serious <clears throat> you know the seriousness of God's call or my response whether yes or no it affects us immediately you know sometimes I know I know even for myself you know I've, I've felt the urge to to say something or do something or go somewhere and I didn't act on it. And I was like, 
you know, I, nah. Um, but afterward, you get this, you know, maybe something happens or takes place, and you wish that, uh, and in your mind you're like, oh man, I wish I would have went. I wish I would have went. Or I wish I would have done that. Um, you know, we need to answer yes or no. We need to, to respond uh, in a way that would bring honor and glory to God. It affects our eternal destiny, our call, the seriousness of God's call. It affects our eternal destiny. Matthew 22, verse 14 there, Jesus said, Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. <clears throat> God called me before I was born. But you know, we have a big part to play in that. We choose. We choose. God's call is irrevocable. No matter how tough life gets. We can't um, revoke it. We can't unalter it. We can't undo it. Um, we need to respond. We need to respond and to act upon the call of God. You know, when someone calls and you say, well, let me think about it. I'll get back with you. And a day goes by or a week goes by. And this, this has happened to me already. A week or two goes by and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shoot. I forgot to get back with him. I forgot to let him know. Not so with God. Not so with God. We're, we're, we are accountable for responding to the call of God. We're to answer. We're to give an account for how we live our lives. We will be rewarded for the mundane tasks that no one else knew we did. He's going to reward us on the basis of how much truth we heard, how much opportunity we had, and what we did with it. You know, this morning, there's an expiration date that each one of us has before us. You know, sometimes, Sometimes my wife, she goes through the cupboard, she goes through the canning stuff, and we'll see stuff that's, that was canned, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years ago. We, we don't have that now, but we did have it one time. And so we get rid of this stuff. There's an expiration date, and everything you buy, everything you buy, from the jug of milk to the box of crackers, um, it has an expiration date on it. Best when used by this date. And, you know, that's how it is with you and I. There's an expiration date. Your life, my life, is going to come to an end. 
when God calls, we're going to answer. And uh, it's very important how we live our life in that small time frame there because it's best when used by or before that expiration date. Psalm 139, verse 16 says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. So in other words, um, in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet, there were, you know, before we were created, all of our days were fashioned. The God has, you know, God has our days all numbered. Every one of us. Every one of us. And they're fashioned. They're, you know, we were created by Him, for Him, to go back for Him. To, and, and, and God knows all that. And so, this morning... As we suffer illness or grow older, you know, we naturally think more about death, do we not? The older we get. I know I do. Um, and so if we're believers in Christ, we can be confident that death is an open door to eternal life with Jesus when he calls. <clears throat> little poem that I have here. From him who loves me now to so well, what power my soul can sever? Shall life or death or earth or hell? No, I am his forever. God's timing is perfect, even death. You know, we call it an accident. We call it a tragedy. But it's the perfect timing of God. And it's God's will. <clears throat> Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, I don't know if he answered that call or not, but he was curious. He was wondering about it to the point that he even went to Jesus by night to talk to him and to ask him, and Jesus showed him. Except a man be born of the water of spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so, it's very important this morning. I want to bring this to a close. There's a few scriptures in 2 Timothy. <coughs> chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. In closing here, he says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Notice now, this is, this is the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy. And he's ad, and encouraging him and telling him, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest 
by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and apostle and the teacher, a teacher of the Gentiles. <clears throat> so this morning in conclusion, let's remember each one of us has had or will have the call of God upon our lives. And it's very important how we answer that call and act upon it. So in conclusion, to answer his call is prosperous. To refuse it is disastrous. So may God help us this morning, each one of us, as a group, as believers, as a church, let's be serious with the call of God upon our lives. Let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this wonderful privilege that you have given us, being together this way. To be reminded, Lord, of the call, your call upon our lives. We know, Lord, this morning that there have been times when we were not serious about our call. There were times early on in our lives that we brushed it off and we didn't accept it. But you kept knocking, you kept moving, and you kept working until we finally answered that call. And so we thank you this morning for that. And we pray, Father, that even when you call us home in eternity, we pray, Father, help each one of us to be prepared, to be ready, and to answer that call at when you call. Bless the remainder of the service, our Sunday school hour, those who participate, those who take part. I pray, Father, for your anointing to rest upon this congregation. May you bless us. And may you guide us, for it's in your precious and worthy name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>